Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the AgView Pitch. I am Ryan Moe, subbing in for our other distinguished host. And I have today with us Scott Klosowski, who is kind of the guru of everything AI and how things are going to apply here to us in the ag world. And just wanted to say hello and welcome to Arizona. Well, thank you, Ryan. I am not subbing in for anybody. I am uh, I am just an, an original. <laughs> well, that's perfect because we're looking for the original answers here because the AI topic is just massive. I mean, you can't pick up a newspaper. You can't jump online and read any news and not have AI be involved in some way, shape, or form. And I think if we could just, you know, have a few minutes here as to what we can do to help listeners take one or two simple takeaways out of our conversation as to what does this mean to them? How can it positively impact the everyday farmer or the people that are involved in agriculture? And kind of take away some of this boil the ocean mentality because there's some things that are kind of scary about it, um, but there's also some things that can be extremely beneficial and we don't have to be afraid of something if we understand it just a little bit better. Does that sound like a good way to kind of steer the conversation? Yeah, I think that's a good start. Uh, let me take two components of that. Uh, first of all, you know, AI, no question, as you said, it is a huge wave. Like this thing is a no joke, huge wave. And some people say, well, you know, we've heard things before like blockchain was going to be a huge wave or cryptocurrency was going to be a huge wave. You know, those weren't really that big. I, w- I would just want everybody who's listening right now to understand AI is a massive wave. Uh, it, it is. It's going to be built into almost everything we have. Uh, I, I, I always say. I think in a few years we won't talk about AI because it will just be built in. Like intelligence will be built into tractors, trucks, and our mobile devices. All our software. It'll just end up being built into everything. Similar to how people don't go. Well, let me go check the internet. <laughs> To see what it says, that's just not going to be a topic of conversation. You think we're going to head that direction? Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, it, the, the internet just became pervasive, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just all the tools that sit on top of it that we talk about. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing with AI, which I don't even like the name AI. I tend to call it synthetic intelligence, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, it isn't artificial. It's real intelligence. Uh, so some of us will call it more synthetic intelligence or machine intelligence, uh, but but I just wanted to say, I mean, you were right about it, right? It, it is a massive wave, but I think that's daunting to people. So you read so many articles about what it is. If you're not a technologist, you really don't know what it means. Like you hear those letters, AI, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, you really don't know what that means. The government doesn't really know what it means. They can't define it. The court system cannot define it. Like we do not have words today to even say, well, what is an AI, mm-hmm. right? Versus what is an algorithm? So it is daunting. So let's take the second part of what you said. Uh, you know, what are some easy things that people can do to get started? Or, you know, what are some easy ways that they could have it be less daunting? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the first thing that I would say is people need to understand that we've had AI for a couple of decades. So the reason it blew up in the press was because in November of 22, OpenAI came out with what was called ChatGPT3 at that time and DALI 2, which was created graphics. And that was the first time that we saw a lot of AI power that that was given to consumers for free. Mm -hmm. 
AI has been in the business world or manufacturing world. It's been built into tractors and harvesters for years. But this was the first time we saw it. So a lot of people say the reason AI blew up is it became consumerized. Mm -hmm. And that is true. Anybody now, anybody can use some of the free AI tools or inexpensive AI tools to help them. So what is the kind of help people should be looking to do? Uh, I think the one that's most basic is people are using a tool like ChatGPT or Copilot from Microsoft or Bard from Google to help write documents or help recap documents uh, or help create a PowerPoint or help create a formula in Excel. So people are using the AIs to just help build something uh, so that you don't have a blank slate that you have to deal with. So it's really easy if you have to create a document, you can say to the AI, hey, I want you to write this document. I want it to be like a lawyer would write it, but a 12-year-old could read it. Mm-hmm. And the AI will write the document for you, and then you can edit it. So there, there's some real basic uses like that that you know, I always suggest people start out with. Uh, you know, I started out actually using the graphics program to create graphics and pictures for slides and things like that. And it was just mind-blowing to me how high quality and how flexible the AI could take anything I asked it to do, anything, and create a picture for me. And I think that is something that people can look at, whether they're a farmer, a teacher, um, anybody in society today, there's a creative process with what they do. And what you just described there was an acceleration of the creative process so that you can have an idea and you can, instead of having to put it on paper and make out an outline and then go through this excruciatingly long process to craft a document, craft legal language, you can, what is this going to look like if I ABC, right? And just try it and honestly start trying and failing faster. Yeah, we call it co-working with AI, right? So yeah. you, 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 today you have an ability to co-work with the AI on a lot of the creative things that you might do or mm-hmm. just the practical boring things, mm-hmm. but you can co-work with an AI. And uh, it's amazing the power that we have the in the last year, the amount of power that we were given to co-work with AIs was incredible and it's going to keep going. And I, I'm older much older than you, Ryan. I know people can't see us, right? But if they could see us, you know, you're a good-looking young man. I'm old. It's, it's. I'm not going to lie, it's the hair dye that I've been using. I've been really into that Just for Men We'll have to talk afterwards. Okay. We'll have to talk afterwards. (laughs) I may have to go Just for Men with you. Uh, But but in my career, 40-something years in technology, I've never seen this much power this fast. And the gap between those of us that are learning to use these tools and those who cannot... Mm -hmm. I can only liken it to when I when, when there used to be a room full of people with typewriters mm-hmm. and uh, in a law office, let's say, you know, and, and there would be 20 people sitting there typing, and then you get word processors. And then I could go to one law firm and look at it and look go to the next law firm and look at it, and one law firm still had 20 people with typewriters, right, doing things with carbon and liquid mm-hmm. paper. And then you go to the next one and they got Wang Wang or word processors, right? Or mm-hmm. IBM word processors. The difference between those two is the difference that I'm seeing today with people who are learning how to co-work with AI yes. versus those who won't. But in the ag space, your AI is already showing up in a John Deere tractor. 
you know, AI is already starting or algorithms are starting to show up in, um, you know, farm management systems. Right. Uh, it's just going to amplify, you know, times 10 that it, where you're going to see synthetic intelligence show up in the ag space. And that's important from the standpoint of don't be afraid of AI. I think it's I think when you when I look at the three categories of people that are going to emerge out of this, there's going to be one group that just absolutely refuses to adapt. They want nothing to do with it. I don't know if they're scared of it or they're just going to be um, just off, just in a position where they are going to just say no to anything because of whatever reason. There's going to be another group, and I'm worried about this with my son, who's 11 years old, that's going to trust this. Completely. 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 <laughs> just like we trust Google Maps to take us somewhere, and it gets us there, but what if it took us 14 miles out of the way? <laughs> you know? yeah. But we trust it, and then they are going to have a, a an event in life that is going to happen, and it's going to not be a great experience for them because they trusted too hard. Then I think this group that's going to really thrive in this environment is going to be the group of people that adapt it, but they look at it as an opportunity to enhance what they're doing. Is there some things then that you're seeing being applied today that really just enhances just the average producer that's out there or the average school teacher that's out there, or like you said, the the typist in the in the law office, the things that they were able to do to increase their output by 60, 70%. What are some just basic things that you're seeing today? All right, so interesting you said the 60, 70%. Microsoft did a study of Copilot, their AI, and they surveyed people that have been using the Copilot AI to help you write documents, help you build PowerPoints, right? Help you do things like that, help you look at a, a large PDF and just, you know, pull out the good ideas. I mean, Copilot's a pretty powerful tool. And uh, if you looked at the analytics uh, when they did the survey, that's generally what people said is it was a 60 to 70% improvement in the quality of work, the amount of time it was saving people. I mean, it was really high rates of what it was able to do. Uh, and you know, now, two weeks ago, Microsoft made the Copilot license available to, you could buy one at a time. Mm -hmm. So before then, a farm, a farm, a farmer, a school teacher, a school, they couldn't go out and buy a Copilot license very easy. But two weeks ago, you can. So there's a, actually, you can get the personal uh, license for Copilot, not the business for the personal ones, $20 a month. Mm -hmm. uh, and... It is pretty astounding what what it will help you do. And the word I was thinking of when you were talking is amplifying, yeah. right? AI amplifies your capability. It mm -hmm. saves time. It amplifies. Uh, and, it, and it isn't just the, the actual work of writing a document. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, one of the top things I do with an AI, and you could do it with free AIs, is I talk to them. And when I need to have ideas, I just talk to the AI and I ask it, what are your best 10 ideas? And it's one of the most powerful things in the last year that I've done is, you know, I, I have to go design a think tank or I got to go design a speech, right? I got to go design something. And I'll say, hey, give me your 10 best ideas of how AI is going to change the ag space. And it comes up with ideas. And I'll tell you what, it, it, out of the 10 ideas, five of them I already knew, five of them I never thought of, and two of those are brilliant. Like that's what I experience when I co-work with an AI. 
is it, it not only amplifies the work, the physical work I might want to do, it amplifies the ideas uh, and helps me see things better than I would have seen them before. It, let's look at a practical example. If I want to learn about something, okay, if I just want to go learn about something, uh, if I type into Google, I want to understand how nitrogen changes plant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get pages and pages. Some of them have been paid for by advertisers. And I got to sort through that to try to figure out the real answer on how nitrogen changes plants. If I ask Bard or an AI, how does nitrogen change plants? It's one page, it's specific, and it's flat on point. And it's not paid for by anybody. Interesting. So just being able to talk, I and mean, we call it co working with an AI, but it, for me, it's talking to them. But it's still important, though, that you trust but verify that what it is spitting out is is accurate right i mean is that it, it gives you a great idea but then it's still on you to uh research that and find out that the the five that you knew were the ones that you knew but the three that you didn't know that are decent ideas to do further research on those to see that it's actually an accurate assessment. It's still on you to trust but verify. Would you say that's accurate? Yes, because of the concept of hallucination, right? That, right. that the AIs, some of them still will hallucinate at times, and they'll try to give you a right answer that you asked for, and it's not a right answer. What I would say to the people listening is, first of all, AIs are extremely young. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they will hallucinate every once in a while does not concern me. Yes, you have to, to verify for sure but this is not a reason that you should say to yourself, well, the AI doesn't always tell you the truth. I shouldn't use it. Humans don't always tell you the truth. Right. Right? I mean, right. we have to trust and verify with humans. Yes. I get more wrong answer every day from people than I do in AI. But the other thing I would tell you, Ryan, again, you're too young to remember this, but back in the 70s, we got calculators. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think by the 80s, anybody used a calculator and then verified whether the math was right or not? Excellent point. Excellent example. No one. No. And today, Ryan, when you use a calculator and you add up a whole bunch of numbers, do you go do it by hand on a piece of paper to see if it's right? No. Because there became a point in time where you realized that we had trained the calculator well enough that it was so good, there's no sense checking it. Yes. The same thing is going to happen with AI. And that's a great, and that's kind of a great way to go ahead and finish up here is you can work with one of these and if you don't have success right away with it you can kind of fail fast with it and learn from what happened and so you can then the next time you approach ai you don't want to just use it once and be done if it doesn't work it can keep enhancing if you keep working with it and and the the co-working with it is a great way of doing that and great way of explaining it it's just try it and try and see what you can learn. Because if it doesn't enhance your current position, then it doesn't enhance your current position. What, how, how much worse off are you for giving something a shot? If it just happens to accelerate your productivity, similar to the way a calculator did to doing long division, just think of what the extra capacity that that creates for you, right? But if you never try the calculator because you're scared of getting cancer from the batteries in the calculator, you know, what's that What's that say more about you than it does the actual calculator? Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. You said there were three kinds of people in the world, right? And that first kind of people that say, I don't really like technology. I don't want to use any technology. I don't want to learn anything. 
this is a pretty powerful wave to walk away from. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if you have a flip phone instead of an iPhone. That's fine. You know, it's a personal choice. But for, Some days I'd like to go back to the flip phone. Yeah. Life was easier. Yeah, but I think for a lot of people that run operations that have a certain amount of complexity where you're trying to do precision farming and mm-hmm. high yields and like there's a lot of complexity to it, to walk away and not experiment with AI it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you say, uh, it definitely is a tool that it's going to get better every day, mm-hmm. you know, for, de- for a decade. Mm-hmm. No reason not to be trying it with your own hands right mm-hmm. now. And you know, figuring out well, what can it do that's helpful, uh, and and the tools will get better and better. But to sit around and have a, an opinion of well, either I'm never going to touch it, I don't like it. I watched I watched Matrix, I watched The Terminator, I watched all these movies, or to be somebody that says, well, I'm just going to wait for the dust to settle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll check on this in a few years and see how people are doing. As a business person, probably not a great idea. Right, right. So it's keep an open mind about it. If you hear it, if you see, if you are experiencing something and you have the opportunity to have it enhance your world, great. I think we got to just have people keep an open mind about these things, right? I think so. And I think it, it might be good for you to go ahead and give your uh, cell phone number to, for people to call if they have any issues. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful idea, you know, to the tens of millions of listeners out here. So <laughs> I, I love that idea. <laughs> so, well, you can use AI to look for my phone number. How does that sound? All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, we do appreciate the time here, Scott. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close up. And we do appreciate everybody taking the time to listen today. And the big takeaway here, keep an open mind because the opportunity for enhancement is very big with AI. You just have to be open-minded and willing to accept it if that time does come. Yeah, the wave is coming. The wave is coming. Let's go ahead and ride with it. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. 